Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 45. Oh, yeah. This episode, we're going to be talking about Ma, um, what is it? Rocket Man. Rocket Man and the X-Men movie, Dark Phoenix. Yes, sir. So, Tawana, what are we going to drink today? So, um, because we were in England with Elton John. Yeah. Rocket Man. Um... And I wanted to do something a little, a little more British. I mean, I've done a few British beers before, uh, but I like, um, I do like Samuel Smith's. Uh, they're a very old brewery. Um, yeah. uh, they've been founded since like 1758. Like, they're very old. Uh, the Tadcaster, North Yorkshire, England. That was a mouthful. Wow. Uh, <laughs> they're also known as the old brewery. Um, and it's an oatmeal stout? It's uh yeah this this one I'm having is called oatmeal stout mm. <laughs> Sam Smith oatmeal stout mm. um yeah they're very old they had a um a well they used that sunk back in like 1758 wow. they still use it because of its hard brewing water um, drawn from like 85 feet underground so they're still actively using it and so um, this sort of England oatmeal stout uh, this style of stout is um, with the addition of a small amount of oats, pretty much died out around the First World War until oh, wow. Sam Smith revived it um, in eight. I'm sorry, 1980. Okay. And uh, it's 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 got a very like obsidian uh, color, full full fluffy head, mm. um, silky texture, uh, complex. Okay. Uh, Medium dry, velvet palette. It's very smooth. It's got a lot going on. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, when it, when you warm it up, when it starts to warm a bit, you can really start tasting like the vanilla notes. All the, the layers oats, come up. Mm-hmm. The banana, like wow. a lot of that. But it's pretty smooth. Um, it's got about, I think, like 7% wow. APV. So I mean, That's you mess strong. around. Yeah, you mess around too too long. You be you be godsmacked. I noticed when we we purchased it in the store, the the gentleman at the cashier was like, "Well, there's no alcohol content on. It. Like he couldn't find it on the bottle, but it actually yeah, cause is it's, there. It's British. Yeah. No, it's not there. It's a lot of alcohol. Though. I had to look it up. No, but, it's a lot of alcohol considering it's not on the bottle. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But but it's 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 like old Victorian bottles. These are like British style bottles. Right. Um, they're very old. Like, this company does a lot of old style, like marketing, yeah. commercial. I like the color though. It's deep chocolate. Yeah, it's looks really, almost it's, like Guinness. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost obsidian if you look at it. You know, out out of the light, but it's very tasty. Nice. If you if you dig a good stout, so like an oatmeal stout feels a little bit like a milk stout. I'm okay. sure it probably is. Um, very similar in structure. Um, so if you dig a good milk stout. It's it's smooth and tasty like like the others. Okay. 
Very cool. Thank you. Well, what you got, Vaughn? I decided to try uh, a, a different bourbon this time. It's it's one of the newer ones. This one is called Jefferson, and it's a Kentucky straight bourbon from Louisville, Kentucky, and it's a small batch. Uh, founded by uh, Trey Zeller and his father, Chet, who is a famed bourbon historian, they decided to create their own uh, brand of uh, bourbon back in 1997. Uh So it's a relatively new one to the market, but it's really tasty, and they they blend four different bourbons together to come up with this this small batch. Oh, wow. And it's about, um, let me see, it's uh, 82 proof, Mm 82.3, and it's got a nice flavor to it it's kind of uh sharp in the beginning it's real spicy mm-hmm. in the very beginning but as it warms on your tongue it, it evens out and it has a nice low chill on the back end so it's it's really tasty and today i'm mixing it with a little cola chur- chili cherry flavored mm-hmm. and it's really tasty because i like cherry with my bourbon so right. it's really good though and I, I would recommend it if you're really trying to jump into you know, tasting bourbons and trying bourbons because there's a lot of different bourbons on the market now, and I, I definitely like the small batches because you For get sure. you get a good hint of the flavor without all the mass production. So I think it's it's something to try if you can find it. And it's once again, it's called Jefferson, and um, I would recommend giving it a try for sure. Oh yeah. Sounds yummy. Yeah. All right, so industry news. Yeah, let's talk about it. So that's a new segment we've been doing. Yes. By the way, Alex is out for the day for the episode. We're joined by Chris. Hey, everybody. Thank you, Chris, for Thank coming, you so joining much us. For no problem. Filling in. Um, and so normally we, we, we do this new segment called industry news. And so we try to just like say what's on our radar, yeah. give you some thoughts. Um, so when I uh, checked some things out, uh, there was a couple of things. This one I don't really care about, but maybe people might. Yes. Uh, Kevin Hart in development, Paramount, to do the remake of Scrooged. Okay. Um, that was the Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, Scrooge remake. Uh, it could be funny. I'm people... sure Tiffany Haddish is going to be in it. <laughs> that shot's fired at all. I'm sure she'll be in it. There are no shots. I will say this actually that I'm at that I am excited about new film coming out called The Kitchen Mm -hmm. with Tiffany Haddish. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a drama. Is that that Ellen Moss? Um, I'm I'm probably saying her name wrong. Handmaid's Tale chick. Yes. Um, Moss from uh, Mad um, Men and all that. um, What's the other one? Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. It looks really good. I'm interested in that. That looks pretty cool. And it's a drama. And it's a drama. Um, for all you classic fans, Sigourney Weaver confirms um, that the original stars are returning for the Ghostbusters 3 sequel. Okay. So, I mean, if you like Ghostbusters. Yeah, I like Ghostbusters. And a lot of people do. Yeah. I didn't like that female reboot, but I like the original. Yeah, I wasn't about it either. It was, it was too much buffoonery for me. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Oh. Yeah, but, but Melissa I think Car- McCarthy was also in that. She was also in that. <laughs> but she'll be better in the kitchen, I she'll promise. She'll be better. Yeah, she's badass in it. Yeah, she's but, a good um, actress. Speaking of badass, uh, Sigourney coming back, and you know I love her. Yes. Because I love all aliens, yeah. sagas. You're a big fan of that franchise. Huge fan. <laughs> um, and little known film, I don't know if anyone caught it last year. Maybe you did. Called Escape Room. Pretty good. Had a few, few people in it. Had a um, gentleman from uh, Insecure. Mm-hmm. Played Lawrence. Yes. Uh, a couple other folks were in it. Pretty good. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. And it was smartly done. Um, had kind of a soft feel to it without all the violence. Well, without all the blood. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say blood. <laughs> without all the blood. Um, so anyway, so they plan on releasing a new one next summer, the sequel, Escape Room 2. I'll check it out. All right. Vaughn, what you got? Well, I'm just going to bring a little uh, film film news and film festival news. The Black Film Supre- Supremacy Festival is accepting uh, films right now, documentaries, narrative film, web series, and all of the like. And it's going to be in Baltimore, Maryland this summer. And it kicks off August 31st through September 1st. And um, this year's theme is accessibility. And they're looking for all of your features. And and the goal is that it's it must be, if it's, if it's if any film that's selected must be closed captioned. And if it's not English, it must have subtitles. And they're looking for all black film filmmakers, regardless of ethnicity or nationality, to apply. So I would definitely... Uh, jump into that and support black filmmakers and film festivals all around the country. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we jump into the films? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So we decided to start off with Ma. Let's do Ma. Ma was fun. Mm-hmm. Starring um, Octavia Spencer. Yes. Who just had a birthday, I think, actually. Uh, okay. So the synopsis. A lonely woman befriends a group of teenagers and decides to let them party at her house. Just when the kids think their luck couldn't get any better, things start happening that make them question the intention of their host. <laughs> and just yeah. as that laugh would infer, <laughs> she gets creepy as fuck. Oh, yeah. You want to start us off? You know, it's kind of interesting. I um, <laughs> I really like this movie. Of course, this is another Bloomhouse movie. Of and course. Um, <laughs> Jason Bloom... Tate Taylor and and John Norris were the producers in this piece. Yeah, the director too, I think. Yeah, the director was Tate, uh, Taylor. Tate Taylor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's he did the help. Winter's Born, few other things. Yeah, that was the con- obviously the connection with uh, Octavia. Octavia. And, yeah. But what I what I lo- what I liked about this is one, you don't necessarily see a lot of black actors, especially at her level being in, in, in horror-type films, and it was just good to see her in this role because it's a different from The Help and all the other kinds of things that she's been doing lately. She did a lot of faith-based films, too, in the last couple of years. She, yeah, she's been in a lot of those. And so... Yeah, she was in, like, Hidden Figures for Real Station. But, yeah, there was a lot of faith-based ones, too, you know, with God healing somebody and whatever. So this one was a nice little twist for her where... <laughs> Where she was not necessarily as good as you thought she was on the as on the surface, mm-hmm. and but it was a great revenge drama. There was a lot yeah, of it was. it was very realistic to me in the way that Carrie was, and I I, I had been talking to you about this during the week yeah, you did about say how that. it really spoke to me in, in that way because it was it was the revenge was it wasn't like a supernatural villain or no. some kind of evil that was outside of a human person and, and yeah. a being. And I, I just thought it was very impressive how she she played it off because she was able to flip back and forth between being this nice little lady that people kind of ignored and being just so evil and badass yeah. and manipulative. And I think that it, it kind of brought something extra to her. And she, and she gave you every single look a black mother would give she you. Absolutely <laughs> she absolutely did. She absolutely did. She gave you every black mother's she look did. possible. She gave you every black mother's look and if, possible. For those for of sure. you who don't know what black mom looks look like, yeah. just watch this film. She watch, gave it to you. Watch this in the Cosby show. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Felicia Rashad was yeah, always Felicia good at Rashad it, Felicia Rashad was good at mom's faces. <laughs> but, you know, and just, 
I just loved how, you know, it just kind of started out and she was just kind of, you really knew something was a little off with her and like, why would you want to associate yourself with these young kids in in high school? Like, what was that about? And just how the relationship evolved and how she used social media to track them and and their goings and comings all Mm -hmm. the time because, uh, you know, we live in a world where everybody posts their activities and all that kind of stuff between Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Everybody's telling everybody where they are and what they're doing all the time. So she literally was able to really get inside their psyche really fast. Right, right, right. And it was just it was just something how they just but you know, the striking thing about it, there was a conversation she had with one of the one of the kids talking about, you know, how a lot of people deemed her as invisible. Mm-hmm. And that was a very powerful statement because I know for a lot of times, even in other roles that she's been in where she was the maid or the helper and so on and so forth, they're like the invisible entity yeah, in certain people's invisible. worlds. Mm-hmm. And at her level and in her in her state, in this even in this movie, right. she was the the assistant at this uh, veterinarian center. She's and a vet tech. She, you know, she was an older lady and they just kind of ignored her. They mm-hmm. wanted to use her and take advantage of her for what she could do for them. Right. But they really just kind of ignored her as a person. So it's, that allowed her to really s- step right into their world and take right. advantage of it. Well, and it was seeing just as beautiful. how she was like one of very few black people in this Mostly white, what seemed like a Midwestern town. Yeah, it was a little small town was somewhere. It Midwest? I don't. I'm, I don't remember. They don't it. really clarify where it is. Because the girl who moves there, Maggie, and her mother Erica, played by Juliette Lewis. Yeah, well, I like that performance. Well, it was too. good to see Juliette Lewis. Yeah, I liked her performance. Um, she normally plays Ma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, they said they moved back from out west. So I'm kind of. It was definitely a small town. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm assuming that's what their deal was. And but, I, and you know. Go ahead, Twana. But what I was gonna say is that that's that's also why she was invisible. Yeah. She's like one of f- few black people in the town. Right. She's short in stature, petite maybe, yeah. taller, um, plus size, just an everyday woman. Right. And she was that way when they give us a little bit of backstory about yeah. her as well. From her high school. From years. From her high school years, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was interesting because. Um, when you said to me it reminded you of Carrie, I was like, eh, I don't get it. I get it. It's classical, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, it does have this very 70s horror mm-hmm. feel to yep. it. It reminded me of uh, Prom Night. Yes. It reminded me of pretty much every Jamie Lee Curtis horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was all of those because it had that classical, like, um, I'm going to do this and you're going to do that and now we're going to unfold this whole big backstory yep. and you had no idea that this is what was happening. I mean, I actually thought it was going to be a little deeper than that and I think they could have gone there Yeah. but um, but they did what they did and I mean, there were a couple interesting like scenes, scene with the father Yeah. Um, when she was threatening to, oh, sh- so sorry guys. You're all good. <laughs> I got excited. She was threatening to, you know, um, you know, hurt him. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Well, you know what I liked about that, <laughs> and that's uh, Evans. Yeah, Ben Evans. He he was great in this too because his performance 
was was so like it it revealed itself in a different way, which which lent itself back to the backstory. Yeah. But how it all started out was like, oh, it's so good to see you. You know, my old high school mm-hmm. friend. Blah 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 blah. Right. And it and it just and flipped. It flips. And yeah. and that's the beauty of these kind of Bloomhouse films, where you think it's one thing is happening, yeah. and then something else is revealed. And even yeah. how we meet her daughter. Yeah, but see, totally unexpected. And then what I would have liked to have seen that played out. Yeah, I, I needed, I needed more. Um, I was ready to see that played. I out. needed more detail. There, and when they was, put that out there, I was like, okay, here we go. Right now, is, here's the story. This is the reason mm-hmm. for her for her behavior, and yeah. I'm like, no, there's more. No, so so we're gonna do everything else, but we're not gonna develop that particular story. Mm-hmm. Why was she who she was? Why was she kept the way she was? Why why did she exist in that way? You mm-hmm. like. In typical Blumhouse fashion, they pull back yes. and say, okay, open ending, but kind of close. Yeah. So, because they always leave it open for sequels. Yeah. And I know they work in sort of like, they're almost like a factory. They just, they, 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 they make films to scale. Um, yeah. Everyone gets paid scale. And they're able to push out more product at a cheaper rate. And that's great. But sometimes. You need to jump into these. They stories. get a little useless mm-hmm. in some of their in some of their material, and so like this could be really great. This was surprisingly good, mm-hmm. but this could be really great. So if you plan on a sequel, they didn't leave it that way. They sort of left it half closed, half open, um, where I could see that they could leave it and really jump into a part two. If you're going to do the part two thing, develop it just a little bit yeah. more. Give us, give us a little bit because, more of the story. Yeah, this was fun on the surface, mm-hmm. just like Brightburn. It was fun on the surface, mm-hmm. but it's like, will we get more later? Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? Like I said, it it, it kept you thinking that you were going to get more. Like the whole time the story was moving, mm-hmm. it felt like it was opening up to something else, mm-hmm. and then we pull back. It sounds exactly. like okay. Even though they gave you something to fulfill your 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 wish, mm-hmm. but you still could have had so much more in the story. Even like her boss at the store, at the yeah. at the uh, veterinary center, yeah, Allison Janney. By Allison the way, Allison Janney of all people, right. you know, an amazing actress. They barely used her. Well, you know, I think that was she was just sort of like peeking in. I think they yeah. purposely. You know. Yeah, they they purposely did it. I guess she was there. She worked for like a day. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it looked like it. You know, so it's just, then it's like, so it's like, but you have these great actors and 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 Evans and people like that who who could really do something. Even mm-hmm. um, Jennifer Lewis, oh, not Jennifer Lewis. What's her name? The mom. Um, oh, um, Juliet. Juliet. She, you know, she's an actress and she's yeah. been working for a long time. Yeah, and she played. And, she played when she played. I mean, I think, quite honestly, this is a vehicle for Octavia. Yeah, and I liked and, her and, and Octavia's kids. scenes together. Yeah, and those kids, because uh, the the girl who played Maggie. The daughter. The daughter mm-hmm. who played Maggie was also in um, um, Smart Smarty Pants? No. Um, God. Uh, uh, so sorry. She was just in a film with um, Jonah Hill's sister. This woman's name is Diana Silvers, and she was in Booksmart, I believe it's called. Okay. Um, yeah, Booksmart. Uh, and she played a, a pretty cool role in that. Um, like a, kind of like a bully 
Bully esque girl that has a whole nother line, a whole nother life behind that. Well, I enjoyed her her performance in this one. I thought she was really good of, yeah, of was, all of these kids. She was good of all the kids. Mm-hmm. She was the best. Yeah, because everyone else was sort of like rudimentary. Yeah, and they were they played your typical. If you wanted to categorize what high school teenagers right, they played like, all the categories. They were all the different categories. So yeah. you know, I got it. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's around. It's in the movies. Check it out. I would give it me. I'd give it, I'd give it like a three and a half. Um, I'm hoping the next one's great, so I can give it a four. Well, I'm gonna give this one. I'm, I'm gonna have to give this one a four, just just for Octavia mm-hmm. and 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 where she was able to go with this material. Yeah, she took it some places. I think that you know this wouldn't have worked for everybody, but I think because she's at the level that she is, and she is an actress at a certain caliber, right. I think she was able to pull out something. She was able to play creepy really, really yeah. well, and I think that, that worked. Yeah, and and her flip back and forth between, right. oh, it's this, and then, right. oh, no, it's that. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, right. She was able to flip I that I just felt quick. like... But they wasted far, her and what she could do. Far be it for me to, to, to judge anyone's trauma. But the way she was going hard, the trauma she experienced, I was like, well, damn, I thought something worse had occurred. But, right. you know. But, you know, it's, anyway, it's all about humiliation. Check it out. Right. Because my trauma and your trauma are different. Exactly. Check it out. So, next up. Next up. Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> right, Dark Phoenix. Out of the saga of the X-Men. Right? This stars um, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, Sophie Turner, a.k.a. Sasha. Yes. Oh, Sansa, sorry. Sansa, Sansa Game of Thrones. Um, Sansa, Game of Thrones. This is quite a Game of Thrones episode because um, Rob Stark is in Rocket Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Definitely. Yeah. You know, uh, Evan Peters, Alexander Ship, and so on and so forth. So this is basically about Jean Grey, who begins yes. to develop her incredible powers that corrupt and turn her into the Dark Phoenix. Now the X-Men will have to decide in the life of a team members is worth more than the life of all the people living in the world. Yeah. So, um, oh, I'll go first. Yeah, please start. Um, <laughs> I'm over it. To be honest, I'll be completely honest and blunt because I know no other way to be. Um, I never learned that lesson. If you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything. Keep it to yourself. I will not. I'm over it. This was fun. This was cute. They had great special effects. And, you know, Sansa does her thing as Jean Sophie Grey. Sophie Turner. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> Sophie Turner is great. She knows her name. She's getting cake. She's getting so much money yeah, right now. Yeah, she just married a Jonas brother. So and fuck her. She's, she's famous, more famous than him. <laughs> um, and, and her shit will last longer. Only one good is the fucking cute one, Nick. Anyway, oh, relax, I digress. Relax. <laughs> I digress. Anyway, God. Anyway, Dirk, Dirk Fiennes, if you are a fan of the franchise, you will probably really enjoy this. Um, it was fun for what it was. It's good to see them uh, expand upon this a little bit more. Special effects were great. Um, highlight of my part for the film, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, Tawana was in her feels about Michael Fassbender. Yo, there's something so sexy about this man. I'm not... I, <laughs> I don't want to have sex with him, but Wait. I definitely want, I almost am on the edge, like, team, but do I? Wow. Because, no, 
honestly, he just his swag is ridiculous. I don't know what he's got. He's got some confidence in him that knows no limits. Yeah. And when he's on the screen, whether he's playing like a guy who's starving to death in an English prison, in an Irish prison, or he's playing an assassin, or he's playing Magneto. freaking Magneto, right? He's playing Eric. It doesn't matter. He blows it out yeah. every time. And that was, for me, the highlight. Um, Sophie Turner did a good deal. <sighs> I do have a thing for Jennifer Lawrence. A little bit. Um, but, you know, whatever. She worked for two days in this. Well, it is what it is. I mean, two she, days. She's what she is. I mean, she got her money's worth. She got her money. Oh, yeah. She and she was probably like, I'll wrap this shit up for you, okay? Yeah. She, Let's wrap she this definitely up. definitely got it. Because I'm over this. I'm not doing X-Men anymore. Yeah, I think she's she's moved on. Yeah, she's like, but, she said, she's like Hallie. Hallie was like, yeah, I'm good, though. And considering she's not really an actress, <laughs> and, even so, though people try to give her actress status. Nah, I don't she's know. Been she was in, good in Passages. Passages, she was, or whatever it was. She was good in Winter's Bone. She oh, yeah. was good in in uh Winter's Bone was her best. She work. was good. She had she had a few um Oscar oh, shit. Oh, the that, one that where she good. was with um um with uh Bradley Cooper where yeah, she was a little mental. She's been in a few Bradley Cooper Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, Silver Linings Playbook. That was uh, her best. She was good in American Hustle. Um what else was she good in? She was good in Red Sparrow. She was good in Mother. Ooh, I, don't know. I mean, I could I could care less about Joy. I liked her in all the Hunger Games. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, I have nothing really complex to say about this other than it's a continuation of the story. It expands upon the idea. And I think if you're a fan, you will love it. If you are not a fan, go see with your boyfriend or your girlfriend who is a fan and make them happy. Because they will be happy you came with them. Um, it was better than Avengers. Wow. Way better because Avengers suck. And wow. if you have a problem with that, go back in these episodes and go see the one where it was just Alex and I when I break down like 15 questions as to why that movie sucked. Wow. But like I said, I digress. Wow. Vaughn? I'm sorry I wasn't <laughs> there for that Avengers <laughs> download that yeah. Alex and Tawana had. I took a but... shit on that movie because it was shit. <sighs> okay. <laughs> this is on radio. Uh, folks, featuring no. Tawana. No, no, you, you're ornery It's all, all you this time. No. Um, <laughs> first of all, I, as a comic book fan and a fan of the X-Men comic book series, I have been waiting on Dark Phoenix forever. I've been a fan of this yeah, you are this, of this comic Phoenix. book and this series in this comic book because Jean Grey was, was that always that character that was like the enigma. Mm-hmm. Like, what did... What did Professor Xavier do to her to control her powers? What's going to happen when all those powers explode out into the world? What What was his role in, in trying to... Is he just trying to control them, or is he trying to make them better people? Is what What is his role? So mm-hmm. it, it's interesting how it got broken down in this movie. And I really think there's a conspiracy about this movie. And I was telling other people about this the other day. Yeah, you were it has horrible Rotten Tomato. Uh, reviews and this, there is nothing wrong with this film, and it's, it's amazing to me because I really think this is a plot from the Disney folks because this is the last film that Fox was a part of, and I think that there is something to do with this whole transition now that it, that all of this Marvel 
universe stuff is being managed and controlled oh, wow. by Marvel. And I think that, I mean, by Disney. And I think there's something going on here because there is really no reason why people trash this movie the way they did because there was absolutely nothing wrong with this movie. It was complex. It was it was actually acted well. It was, it was acted well because I forgot Jessica Chastain was in it. Yeah, cause, and, and she's just an amazing actress. And yeah, she has the ability good. to jump into any kind of role and just kind of own her space in it. Yeah. And, you know... She was the badass bitch in stilettos, and she she owned that. And and you when you put James McAvoy and, and Michael Fassbender in a scene together, mm-hmm. you're just gonna have magic. And that's what we got. And I, I think that you know it's it's unfortunate that people this movie is gonna get lost in the sauce because everybody was so consumed with Endgame right. and Avengers that they're gonna kind of ignore this based on the fact that everybody just reads. Rotten Tomatoes reviews, and they don't actually go out and see a movie for themselves. Right. So I think that, unfortunately, this one's going to get lost. But I think that it's as a part of the first-class series of X-Men movies, right. I think that it will propel it to the next level. And so whoever else is going to join in and become one of these characters, you know, there's room for them to grow. And I think that they're already talking about a reboot of, of Wolverine, which will probably be part of the first-class yeah. section because they're looking for a younger actor to play Wolverine. So Also, um, Hugh Jackman said he was done. Yeah, Hugh Jackman is done. He's he's aged out of it now. And um they're they're looking for a younger actor to play the role. And you know, as as these things happen, we will see all of this again. Well, hopefully Guaranteed. because uh the director is uh Simon Kinberg. Mm. Hope I'm saying that right. Kinberg. Um he was the producer of Logan uh and a number of other films. And so I'm hoping that they continue this promise of making the the, the future films just like it. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know, you're right. They, I'm reading it now, they did lambash the fuck out of it. Yeah, um, there was just no real reason for it. Like, I, I can't, after watching the film itself. They, they were just like, you know, all sorts of things. They didn't like the way it had to end. Um, they just didn't like the way it, it was shot. It was joyless. It was lifeless. It was boring. They thought it were just repeating old ideals over and over again. The performances were cornballed. These are all the reviews. These are yeah. not these are not my opinion. Um, though I do say it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it definitely wasn't as interesting as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was okay. It was fun to watch it um, for the various things I explained, like Fassbender and a few of the other great actors. Yeah. Well, you know, like other I said, that, because I think that. What people, what people tend to lose is that this was a story about what makes her tick and why she was the way she was and the things that she was hold, holding on inside and then what Xavier was doing to try to control her. It was really about his descent because what was he trying to do? Because, you know, he wanted to make the world a safe place for all the mutants to live. But right. what did they have to give up in order to live well, yeah. in society? Essentially, they have to give up their souls. Their soul and who they are and their identities. Yeah, in order and, to be And liked. the thing about the X-Men, the X-Men always speaks to identity. Yes, it does. And it always has, and I think that's its place in, in comic book lore and, and the lexicon of comic books. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to certain people who feel marginalized and less than in the minority in a group. And, yes. and that's one of the things that the X-Men series has always done very well. And I think that, you know, the the conflict with Mystique was, 
you know, why are you controlling us? Why are you why are you keeping us from being the best that we can be just as our own people? She was right because she just you just want us to live with these humans, right? And 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 keep and them happy and satisfied. But what about your own? What about our own personal gain? Yeah, what about our own people? Yeah, and that it was a very interesting if we conversation. Have to live, why should we have to live together at the sake of our? At the sake of our identities right. and our souls. Right. I mean, yeah, that was great. And yeah. that lasted. About 10, 15 minutes. That lasted about the first 30, 40 minutes or so. And yeah. then it was like, let's kill everything in the room. Well, and yeah. um, let's go through it. I mean, those were fun. Well, you know, that's the thing. Everybody wants to see. Everybody wants the Because people were complaining that there was not enough what? action. There was so much action. That was the whole point. People the were complaining about there was no, not enough action. The beginning, there was there was a lot of, there was a bunch of explaining, a lot of building of the story, which I appreciated. But that by no point was boring because well, you had I'm, to understand what happened. But if you rather just have things spoon fed to you, then... You would enjoy it. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, we live <laughs> you in a world enjoy where it, everybody wants to feed off of the violence and the in the yeah the the. I mean, this is fictionalized it. violence, though. This is not even realistic violence. It's it's all fantasy. It's all, it's all like. But people just want more and more of that. Oh, and I, and I think, think the Godzilla film, which is currently out right now, is also falling into that realm because it's all fight scenes and no story. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what a few films have been. But I think what's happening is I think these films are getting, one, pushed out too quickly. Blumhouse. Because um, you got some good talent, but you, some of your stuff is, is ridiculous. Um, and I think it, it could use it could use some work, and it would, it would garner even more of a franchise. Um, but I also think this is getting lost in the sauce. People just came from these big... Big giant screenings yeah. of like Brightburn and Avengers Endgame, and yeah. um, John Wick, and so they're kind of like, oh, "This is great," but it's like high, 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 high. There are no lows. Yeah. So I'm hoping that um, next week will be even better because next week things are coming out that are a little less. They're a yeah. little more um, intellectually and aesthetically. Right. Um, grandeur. It's not always about the summer. It's not about always about the summer slasher, mm-hmm. summer action, right? Summer cartoon nonsense. Yeah. But it's all about summer movies in it's America. About summer movies in America. And, and they popcorn. just they just throw them down our they throats. They just throw them down our throats. But you know this is what it is, and this is what we signed up for. So we love them all or hate them all, but yeah. we watch them no matter what because we are. Cinephile drug addicts. Exactly. And I'm going <laughs> to give this one. I'm going to have to give this one a three and a half because I wanted more Jean Grey. Man, I feel like I should have gave Ma a higher rating. Then. I wanted it. <laughs> I wanted more Jean Grey. And it, has, it takes nothing away from the movie, but I needed them to spend more time in her head and less they time. They gave her a lot. I know, but there was. it didn't get but so far. And I, I and before they introduced this other alien creatures, which was great. Yeah, there was that was the villain. That was a good those great fight sequences. Those were great, but they explained nothing. But they didn't tell us anything about anything it about except these for things. one scene. And it's just like, okay, yeah. you've come to this planet, you want to take it over. Right. So I needed more of things because I think that's what they were trying to do too many things yeah, in one movie. They had a lot of things going on. So because of that, I'm gonna have to give it a three and a half. I, Shout out to Sophie Turner for 
stepping up from Game of Thrones because there is life after Game of Thrones. Uh, so, there was life before it, too, because she was doing this while in it and after before it. And, so, you know, keep going. Yeah. And, and you know, Michael Fassbender and, and, you know, James McAvoy will always be working. Always. Jessica Chastain, we know she'll be working. Always. God-awful Jennifer Lawrence. They God, give her a job regardless. Why you be so hard on Jen? I just don't understand why. She is the equivalent of Jennifer Aniston to me. But just No, that's film. disrespectful. She that is, is Jennifer Aniston. That is downright disrespectful. Just in Jennifer, a movie. Listen. No. Jennifer Lawrence could be great. She, could be. She is good. Listen to your words. She could be great. Mm. And when I say great, I'm saying like Charlize Theron, like mm. in terms of white actresses that are really kind of killing it she never pretends to be uh charlize theron or or jessica chastain no, she can't be and i think she could and i think she has she's played she's gone arm to arm with like good actors mm-hmm. and held her own so i won't dismiss her quite so easily you just have a thing jennifer aniston's no nah, that's sister. not jennifer aniston she's jennifer aniston jennifer aniston sister. is a waste of time she's still selling what a vino Hoping for a friend's hey, she needs hoping that check. for a friend's remake. She needs that check. She's gonna be in a and, movie too and, this and, summer. And the other one is hoping for a screen a screen re I mean a scream reboot. Like it's okay. Nobody fucking cares. Just like I feel about These Jennifer. Asian bitches <laughs> with their haircuts and their high oh, cheekbones God. that are fake. Don't worry, Jennifer Lawrence is two minutes from that. No, she's not. She's really not. She's two minutes. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> but I will say this. All right, so I guess I'm going to up my rating to a four for Ma. No, fuck uh, that. Ma is three and a half. This is three and a half. Okay. Um, you can have three and a half. I just think I just think they were just Mediocre okay. is good for you. I just think they were okay, and they were fun for what they were. Yeah, Summer Fair. And Summer Fair, I thought nothing special about this at all, except for the actors. Well, you it. know what was I funny? I really care. As I was watching people leave the theater, people were like, oh my God, this was so much better than Endgame. And I was like, I said that. Wow. Endgame is a piece of shit. <laughs> Fucking People nuts. were like, oh my God, this is so much better than Endgame. And I was like, okay. This was better than Endgame in the, in the sense that it didn't have three fucking movies in it. And like one of them was a kill yourself hour long drama. It was just like, ugh. please, please go re- go listen to that episode. Um, because <laughs> it, 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 it was ridiculous. It was like 42. Episode 42, maybe. Go check it out because it's just like so Anyway, wow. check this out. It's yes. in the theaters. Go, um, I'm go sure your it. kids are off or you're off for a day. Go check it out. And, and, and see let what me you just do. tell it's you folks, fun. make up your own minds about movies. Don't always depend on even oh, yeah. what we say or these Rotten are, Tomatoes or any of these other motherfuckers. We are just advisements. We're just out here to let you know what we think about a movie and yeah. give you some options. What we think about a movie and give you some options. Yes, for sure. So, last but finally not least, Rocket Man. Rocket Man, which is basically, you know, a musical fantasy about the fantastic human story of Elton John's breakthrough years. Wow. Breakthrough years? Wow, that's just Yeah. And it was. It was his breakthrough years for sure. It's Pride Month. Mm-hmm. It is Happy Pride to Happy folks Pride celebrating this June. Happy folks. Yes. Um, and this is World Pride in New York City. It's World Pride in New York City. So, if you're in New York, 50th anniversary of Stonewall. So you should a have time. a blast. Have a great time. Don't, Don't drive into the city, though. Don't yeah. drive. Take, take public all, transportation. Take public transportation. <laughs> have Absolutely. the best fun of your life. <laughs> have sex with somebody with an accent. And make fun. Have fun. And then and, and just have a great time. <laughs> because if, it, if this, I'm not saying that we're the greatest place to have pride, but we're one of the best. Yeah. New York pride is fantastic. Yeah. So 
Enjoy yourselves. Absolutely. If you are here in New York City for Pride. Yeah. Anyway, on to Rocket Man. Um, let's see. Starring Taron Edgerton. Yes. Which we all know from his many other films. Well, his other films that we appreciate. Um, the Kingsman series. Yes. Uh oh, speaking of singing, he was in that movie Sing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't never knew that. Yeah. Um, Eddie the Eagle. Uh, he's been in a few other... Oh, he was Robin Hood, remember? Yeah, with, uh, uh, Jamie... With Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. He was Robin Hood. Um, and so, he, he was in Legend. He was. Yes. So, he's a bit of an up-and-comer. So, there's him, there's Jamie Bell. We all know Jamie Bell. Yeah. Jamie Bell's been in a number so of films. So fantastic. Jumper to Billy Elliot, where he first started. Fantastic yeah. Four, Nymphomaniac, on and on and on and on. Um, and also, Rob Stark. His name is Richard Madden. Yeah, who's also in the Bodyguard series on uh, Netflix. Yes, right he is. That is him. Doing a great job. Oh my God! Also, let's, let's shout outs to Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes, she was great. Uh, she was fantastic in it. Um, uh, yeah, there were there were lots of other films. Um, lots of other actors in it, but those were the highlights. Yes. Even Tate Donovan was in it. Yeah, who I thought was really cool. He, he was funny. Yeah, he was pretty good in it. Directed mm-hmm. by Dexter Fletcher. Unaware. Um, Dexter Fletcher is an English director who's done a number of other films. Um, not this previous. He was a producer on a Bohemian Rhapsody film, but it wasn't the one that that we just saw. That with, we uh, just saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie the Eagle, Terminal, and on and on. Um, gnomes. Uh, anyway, uh, I really, really, really like this film. Yeah, it was good. Um. If you are not a fan of musicals or Elton John's music, you will not like this. But I think you will like it if you love his music or at least like his music and remember his stuff. Yeah. If you're old enough to remember like being around when his music was playing, mm-hmm. like that air, because you kind of had to be in the 80s to really feel, but they did a good job of trying to um, replicate that feeling. Yeah, they definitely did that. Um, and you know what? They didn't, the music wasn't, it was in your face, but it was part of Right, it was part the of the scenes. story. It was woven right. into the story. That's what I was going to say. It was part of the story. It was part of the consciousness mm-hmm. um, of Elton at the time. And so everybody played their part and reacted really, really well to 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 what was happening in film. Um, like even his sort of like, fantastical like moments when he would jump into these sort of like mini musicals yeah. were amazing like he conducted an orchestra from his bed family sings oh, yeah. i want love <laughs> which is one of his songs so uh, this, good. Uh, the, his, his time at the troubadour yeah. uh, uh rocket man concert scenes club scenes i'm still standing uh music video yeah. um where they redid the video where they shot sort for of shot. redid the video shot for shot mm-hmm. you know he really um Tarion really did a really good job playing Elton Taron, sorry, playing Elton John. It was a very believable. Yes. And and everyone was immersed in the film so much that you you really grasp even the um young young Reggie, right? Because Elton yeah. John's real name is Reginald. Mm-hmm. Um well his original name Reginald is Reginald. White. Mm-hmm. And so the young man who played him, Matthew Illisley. Was fantastic, was fantastic in it. The little boy, he the was little fantastic. boy, he was singing. He was, he was, he was amazing. And I thought that 
they portrayed his life evenly and fairly throughout. Yes. Without glorifying, without And they didn't pull any punches with it. They, they didn't, didn't hide his sexuality. They didn't hide sexuality. They didn't hide his drug use. They, they just no, put it all out everything there. Everything got played out properly and, and truly true to form yeah. within the film's context. And hands down, shout outs to production mm-hmm. and it was costume. production, costume, editing, set design. Oh, amazing. All of it. But I mean, I think I'm going to give this a total five. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I think if you really like Elton John and you want to go see it, this was a true, um, this was a true uh, uh, labor of love, it seemed yeah. almost, yeah. for the people who made this. Um, and they blew us away. Yeah, they definitely did. And I understand now why it got a standing ovation at Cannes this year. Yeah. Because it was just, it was just an amazing film. And I'm not really big on musicals, but and I did not know what to expect. I didn't expect them to break in the song. Right. But the way they did it, yeah, it, it intrigued me because it does I was like, you. oh wow, this, that's it's cool how they did it, and everything made sense, and 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 almost how Dreamgirls did the same thing. Yes, it was it, very Dreamgirls. It, it felt the way Dreamgirls yeah. did it, and I and I, I liked how it worked out, and the fact that Tyrion sang his own songs. It was not a track. Yeah, you could tell he sang the songs, and so for him to be able to do that and give pay pure homage to. To Elton okay. John. You could tell he studied him. You know, he definitely studied because he had his mannerism, that, that walk. The walk, his it was talk. incredible. Just everything. Yeah, it was incredible. And, I, and like I said, costume design, incredible. Incredible. And before you leave the theater, please stay, stay and for watch the credits. the credits because yeah. you get to see how the they match it shot, up. shot how they match mm-hmm. them. They're almost identical. There's yeah. slightly a difference. At the most very slight. Yeah. I mean, I appreciated how they how they explored his sexuality. He wasn't glorified. He wasn't objectified, and he certainly wasn't demonized for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they 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 his whole coming out scene. They did all of that well. The way they exhibited his hurt, right? Um, from his lack of love from his parents, um, the lack of love he had from uh, the people who worked around him, yeah. and the love he had for, with his co-writing with partner, his co-writer, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Bernie, yeah, Bernie, Bernie Taupin, who. Who played Incredible. by Jamie Bell was really really good. Yeah, um, you felt the connection between. Felt them. the connection. Highly 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 recommend you see this. Yeah, for sure. I can't say enough. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's not. There's just not enough to say. <laughs> Absolutely. But, it will be definitely an Oscar contender for sure. I mean, I don't know. I was talking about this with someone at work, and it might be too early. It's, it's gonna get because it because Oscars are October to February. It, so. it might not win. But they 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 cannot ignore it. Maybe they'll pull them in for for I don't know. For there are so many things they could be nominated for. But my issue was the time, so I yeah. Didn't the know. timing is an issue. The timing is an issue. And that's one thing about Hollywood; they always kind of hold off on certain kind of movies. Yeah. But and I'm surprised they they didn't hold off on this one. But right. it's because I know they wanted to also launch it during Pride, so the Pride Month of June. So it, I, it, I think that kind of ties into right. it. But you know, like I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited for what it could be, and I'm I'm glad that one Elton John loves it. He he co-signed on it 100. percent Of course, and you know he he allowed Taryn to study him and yeah, and to come into his life and 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 really so get too. to know him in that way. And I think that you know it's it's good to be a living legend and still yeah. be alive to see your story well, being told. He survived because there are a lot of people who didn't survive that were like. 
almost completely gone. Yeah, for sure. And he he's he's still standing. So yeah. um we had a little technical glitch there, Chris. <laughs> no, they couldn't hear it. You guys can though. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well anyway, thanks for thanks for being here, film yes. fans. Um make sure you come back. because uh, if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Be a Bourbon and a Movie on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, where we host. And don't forget to use the hashtag. That's hashtag BBM Podcast. Once again, that's hashtag BBM Podcast. And join us next time for episode 46, where we're going to review Jim Jarmusch's uh, zombie flick. Oh, yeah, we're ready. The Dead Don't Die. Dead Don't Die. And the Tribeca hit, Last Black Man in San, San Francisco. Francisco. Thank you for stopping by. Absolutely. (laughs) This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.